Welcome to the Real Happy Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ann, the blogger and content creator at Real Happy Mom, where moms can find encouragement and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. I also have this podcast to introduce you to other moms from various walks of life. And today on episode number 53, I'm talking to the ingredient guru, that's Mira Desi. She's going to be sharing some of her best tips on eating healthier by making sure that you're picking out the best products at the grocery store. Now let's jump into episode number 53 of the Real Happy Mom podcast. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Mira. I'm excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really thrilled to be here. Yes, Mira has some really good tips and tricks for us to get us eating healthy. But before we jump into our topic, I just wanted you to share a little bit about you and your business. Sure. So I, my name is Mira Desi. I'm known as the ingredient guru. And I did not become the ingredient guru overnight. Um, it has been a multi-year path that started with my own health journey. I was a busy working mom raising three kids and then I got really sick. And essentially, to make a long story very short, I, my immune system collapsed. I wound up being diagnosed with several different autoimmune disorders and really struggled with my health. And as I was working on trying to reclaim my health, nobody, but nobody talked to me about my food. (laughs) And when I discovered the power of changing what I ate, and as I began to reclaim my health, I wound up going back to school, becoming a nutrition educator. And then from there, just you know, wrote a book and became a public speaker and all these different things. But my passion and my mission is to help people understand that there is never, ever a reason for them to put crap in our food. I hope it's okay to say that. Sorry. Oh, yes. That's a good word. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that we just, we, we really need to, to learn how to avoid manufacturer manipulation, understand what they're doing to our food and avoid that so that we can reclaim not only our own health, but the health of those we love as well. Yes, this is a really big topic because I was talking to you before we jumped on. And honestly, I thought I was doing pretty good with some of the foods I was picking out. And then like, after we finished talking, I was like, whoa, like, I really need some help with this. Like, these aren't as good as I thought. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, a few things. But the first is, as moms, we tend to feed our kids, like I said, what we think are good foods. But now more than ever, companies are doing such a good job at marketing foods. So it makes us think that the foods that we're purchasing are healthy and contain these natural ingredients. But I'm starting to find out that that's not true. So what kinds of foods do you encourage us to eat and prepare for our families? Well, first I want to start by saying when I was raising my kids, so many of my friends were like, oh my gosh, you people are like the healthiest eater we know. I probably ate healthier than 80% of the people I was hanging out with. And I was still feeding my kids horrible things. And I also, before we dive into this, want to remind folks that this is not an overnight thing. It's not like I'm going to share some things with you, or you're going to go buy my book, The Pantry Principle, and then you're going to fix your pantry and overnight everything's going to be miraculous. Like it's a step-by-step process. So you start where you are, you make one change at a time. As you master that, you make the next change. And it's also about 
giving up the impulse to beat yourself up. Because I also spent a lot of time once I became a nutrition educator going, oh, I was such a terrible mom. I fed my children all these things. How awful. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't go back and fix that. So let's fix moving forward. Um, so what do I recommend that people do? Well, you know, honestly, there are three things that I love to see in any household, especially a household with children, but really any household as they're learning how to make healthier choices. The first is get rid of all artificial colors. And that one's very simple. You just read the back of the package and if it says red dye number 40 or blue number two or whatever, like don't buy it because those dyes are made from petrochemicals, gasoline, an off product of gas, and okay. they're really, really bad for our brain. There are studies that show that it's horrible for children who have attention-related disorders, but even people who don't have attention-related disorders can experience more anxiety or more challenges when consuming that. We're not really meant to eat that. No. It, other thing that I really love to see, <clears throat> because this one's fairly easy, is to do more of buy the dirty dozen produce items organic. So there's an app from the Environmental Working Group called the Dirty Dozen, and it tells you the 12 fruits and vegetables that are most likely to be contaminated by high levels of pesticides. And they redo the list every year. So if you get the app every year, somewhere in March, they update the app because it takes them a while to go through and do it. Okay. So this year, for example, kale made it onto the list for the very first time. So now if you're going to buy kale, you need to be buying organic kale. Apples okay. are always on the list. Strawberries are always on the list. These are foods that are sprayed with high, high level of uh, pesticides. And so that creates a toxic burden for our body. And then the third easy step. I mean, here's the thing. It's, it's a whole process. It's a lot of information, but these are the top three that are fairly easy to do is to make sure that when you are buying dairy products, you are getting, well, I prefer organic because that's not going to have um, added hormones, pesticides, GMO feed, you know, that kind of stuff. But if organic is beyond your budget, then I encourage you to at least look for the sign on the, on the product that says this is made without RBGH, which stands for recombinant bovine growth hormone. Uh, because that's an added hormone that they give to cows to make them give more milk. Well, guess what? When they milk that cow to make yogurt or ice cream or sour cream or cream cheese or milk or whatever, that mm -hmm. hormone doesn't go away. And so we are feeding ourselves and our children female hormone, which they don't need. Their little mm -hmm. bodies make it all by themselves. They don't need added female hormone. There are some studies that indicate that high levels of consumption of of RBGH can be tied to, uh, you know, girls getting their periods earlier. It can be tied to boys getting man boobs because they're getting female hormone. Like just, so that's my third top one. Nice. Now, just to recap, I want to make sure I have everything. So the first one was to get rid of artificial colors. And the easy way to do that is just by looking at the label and just seeing if it's there. 
And then number two is the Dirty Dozen. You know, I heard about this a while, but I'm glad that you reminded me about the Dirty Dozen and to buy these uh, foods organic. And you mentioned the um, app from the Environmental Working Group. And that's yeah, where it's you can a find that. Okay. Yeah, so you just have it at the grocery store. You're like, ooh, is celery on the list? So you can open up the app and go, yes. <laughs> Perfect. So I got the app there. And then the third one is with dairy products to try them, buy them organic. If not, look for the sign that says this is made without, is it RBGH? Yeah. So it's, it's usually RBGH. Sometimes it's also listed as RBST, recombinant bovine somatropin. Uh, but basically, RB anything is recombinant bovine and then it's added hormone. And, you know, they make these poor cows give massive amounts more milk than they're biologically designed to do because they force their body into hyper hormonal status. Mm -hmm. And it's really bad for the cows. I mean, if any of us who've been breastfeeding moms, you know what happens when you have too much? It hurts. (laughs) Poor cows are doing that every day. It's not, not good for them, not good for us. Got it. Got it. Now, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is about whole foods. And I just wanted you to help us to better identify what whole foods look like. So a whole food basically indicates something that you can recognize that has not been highly processed. For example, um, you know, we know what a banana is. We look at a banana, we know what it is. When we look at those banana flavored squeezy packs that, you know, have maybe banana and spinach and chia seeds in it. I don't know. That actually sounds a little disgusting, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, those little squeezy packs, highly processed food. Mm -hmm. So the banana in that is in no way going to be as nutritious as a whole banana because they've broken it down, they've processed it, then they've had to add other things to it to make it shelf stable. And so the more they have to process something, the more challenging it is because food producers want to make something last on the shelf as long as possible. You know, they don't want to make it and then have to go back 10 days later and take it off the shelf, which is what happens with fresh food. Um, I will, just as a funny aside, say that no Twinkies do not last 23 years. (laughs) But, but, you know, if you think about it, that's a really highly processed food. And when you break down all of those ingredients, there's not really anything in there that we want. And so when we're nourishing ourselves and our families, we want things to be as close to how they were produced as possible. And, and here's the thing, uh, like I understand, I, I will freely confess that there are, you know, jars of a, an organic non-BPA lined can of coconut milk or tomato sauce or whatever in my pantry too, because I'm, I'm not going to go get all of that fresh. But the majority of our diet should be whole foods, produce, you know, meats that we can recognize, not highly processed, not seasoned, not packaged, all of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you brought up the the big culprit, the processed foods. So I wanted to talk about that just a little bit. And it's one thing that I've noticed is getting harder and harder to get away from processed foods. As much as I try to, I feel like they still end up in the buggy when I go shopping. So I've heard many times that shopping around the perimeter of the grocery store 
is the way to stay away from processed foods. But now I'm finding out from you that um, you're saying that this isn't always foolproof. So I just wanted you to share with us why this is the case. Yes, I'm so glad you asked about that because that is a common myth. A lot of people think, oh, if I just chop the outside of the grocery store, I'll avoid all the bad stuff. Well, guess what? Food producers and grocery stores, they pay attention to that because they're in the business of making money. And if they understand how you're shopping, they know how to make you buy more. So we look, for example, at, uh, you know, there's this thing called product creep. So in the summer, when you go into the grocery store, most grocery stores, you walk in first to the produce section. And so, you know, you've got all your fresh green grocer stuff there. So in the summer, you may walk in and there's strawberries and right next to the strawberries is a tiny little refrigerated case and they've got Cool Whip or canned whipped cream and they've got those little spongy cake things because they're like, oh, look, you could make strawberry shortcake and they oh, probably yes. put a cute little sign. Well, guess what? Those products don't belong in that section. They've put them there. They claim it's for your convenience, but really what we know is it's because they want you to go, oh, great idea. I should buy that while I'm here. Same thing, you know, Thanksgiving, you go in and you see sweet potatoes and they have a huge stack of marshmallows next to the sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, marshmallows do not grow on a farm. So they do not belong <laughs> in the produce section. And they do this all around the grocery store. So in the meat section, all of a sudden you'll start seeing marinades and seasoning packets and other things. So they, they put these other products where they think you're most likely to buy them. Yes. Now you told me about this and I started to pay attention and I was like, no wonder I keep buying ingredients for banana pudding because it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, like it's everywhere. So I wanted you to walk us through your seven rules for grocery shopping because we need some help because it seems like the marketing and the grocery stores are getting really, really good at um, getting us to buy things that we probably shouldn't eat. So I needed your yeah. help to walk us through some of those rules. Absolutely. So one of the things that I want to share is that, you know, the most important thing that you can do to take back control of your pantry and your food is to learn to read the label. Most people, when they read a food label, uh, usually they're, they're possibly looking at calories. Um, they might be looking at fat or sodium. These days they might be looking at sugar because people have talked to them about that, but that's all the upper part of the label. We want to go down to the lower part of the label. We want to go to that ingredient panel and see what's really in what we're eating because that's where the important information is. So these seven rules are designed around reading that label. And uh, rule number one is, do you have to look it up? Honestly, you should not need a degree in biochemistry to understand the ingredients in your food. <laughs> yes. Or a food dictionary. Like I happen to have a, an ingredient dictionary because that's my job as the ingredient guru, but you should not have to have that in your home and have to consult it before you feed your family. So if you have to look it up, my, my suggestion is don't buy it. The other is, does it have a number? You know, there's no such thing as real food by number. There's, there's no chicken 12. There's no apple 64. There's just apple and chicken and kale. But we look at artificial colors, you know, green number six, or we look at polysorbate 80 or all these other things. If there's a number, that indicates that it's a chemical formulation. And so we should not be eating it. 
Okay. Uh, rule number three, does it have four or more syllables? Now, this is a little bit of a challenge because there are some words that do have more than four syllables like macadamia, mm -hmm. which has five. <laughs> but we know what macadamia is. They're delicious. We love them. But, you know, when we have long chemical names, if it's too many syllables, it probably falls under the do you have to look it up rule. But if it doesn't, you still want to consider not eating it. Meet the Lilla Rose Flexi. The only clip that works in fine baby hair as well as super thick hair. It comes in seven sizes, one for every hair type. The Flexi can be used to do a large variety of hairstyles, from half ups and ponytails to French twists, buns, and braids. They're incredibly comfortable with no pulling and headaches. And moms, listen, this is a simple way to take your frumpy mom bun to something cute and fabulous. I've used them and absolutely love how easy they are to use as well as spice up a hairstyle. Now head over to Marianne's Lilla Rose website by going to realhappymom.com slash rose to get your size from the sizing and styling page and order yours today. Another one is, is it unpronounceable? Now, here's the thing. You know, most of us, when we first learned about acai or quinoa or some of those other foods that came from other cultural regions, we may not have known what they were. So in that case, don't eat it, figure it out. If it's real food, which quinoa and acai both are, then you can add it back in. But things like, uh, you know, if you can't say a sulfame potassium or some of these, it's really hard for me because I, I can pronounce the ingredients. So it's hard <laughs> for me to find one I can't pronounce. But if you can't pronounce it, don't get it until you know what it is. Another one is, does it end in A-T-E? And the way I like to state that is, if it ends in A-T-E, don't E-A-T it. Again, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we have to think about it, though, because, for example, pomegranate ends in A-T-E, and we love them. But so do things that are sorbates, gallates, nitrates. All of those things are really bad for us. Those are different types of preservatives or other chemicals that can have a negative impact on our health. So we really want to look at the ingredients. And at this point, this is where people are like, I can't, it's going to take me five hours to grocery shop. <laughs> yes. my, my suggestion is when we're done with the list, pick one and start reading your labels and, you know, and really identify those things that you can make a change on. So most people tend to start with the artificial colors because that number is really easy to spot on a label. And honestly, if you knock out the artificial colors, you're probably knocking out 40% of the stuff you're used to buying. And then you got to look for <laughs> alternatives. And then a little bit at a time, add in these other rules. Okay. Um, another one, is it enriched? And so... The challenge is when they highly process things, and enriched usually applies to grains, especially wheat. It means they've broken it down. So in the case of wheat, they removed a whole bunch of things, and then they've had to add some of them back. So they remove approximately 22 nutrients, and then they add back four to five, mostly B vitamins, sometimes a little bit of iron. 
And the reason they do that is because at one point they learned how to really refine wheat and make it fluffy and powdery. And so it got really soft and we love soft and fluffy food. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was so nutritionally poor that people began to really get sick. So the government said, mm-hmm. you got to enrich it and add it back in. And so this one applies mostly to things like breads and pastas and things like that. If you see that word enriched, and that's going to usually be up at the top of the label. It's usually the first or second ingredient. You don't want it. Okay. Now I do want to take a second and, and also share that there is another term that people sometimes confuse enriching foods with fortifying them. Okay. Enriching is where you take nutrients out and then you add them back. But what you add back is obviously created in a lab. It's not the natural ingredient. And then fortifying is where you add things that were never in there in the first place. For example, calcium in orange juice. Oranges do not have calcium. Someone decided that it was a really good idea to give kids orange juice, which is not a good idea for a number of reasons. And, uh, and so they could do that. Or putting, um, putting omega-3s into milk. Usually they're doing that by adding fish oil. So now they're putting fish oil in milk. Well, just feed your kids fish. <laughs> or if they won't eat fish, give them fish oil because you can get it in capsules or whatever. But so fortifying is where you put things that don't belong in a food. Enriching is the replacement. Gotcha. And then the last one is when you're looking at the ingredients, and this is usually at the very bottom of the list. So this is another one that people tend to go for because it's really easy to knock out these foods. Is it all capital letters? EDTA, BHA, BHT, TBHQ, like those are not words. (laughs) Those are abbreviations for really long chemical names that they can't fit on the label. So they abbreviate it by using all capital letters. And so those are the seven simple rules. And if you follow the seven simple rules, you will get rid of 80% of the not great stuff for you at the grocery store. That is a really good list. (laughs) And like you said, (laughs) it's probably not going to happen overnight because I haven't been paying attention to labels since we talked, but now I have an even bigger list of things to look at. So I will be taking those one at a time and letting you know how things are going with getting some better foods in the pantry here. But I wanted to talk about the moms that have picky eaters like my kids, because I know that going through this process Maybe a little overwhelming because a lot of moms have certain foods that their kids like. And so trying to find alternatives may be a bit challenging. So give us some ideas for some fun snacks that are great for the kids. Sure. You know, and one of the things that I'll share is with kids who are picky eaters, sometimes it's important to find out what the pickiness is about. Is it about the texture? Is it about the temperature? You know, some kids don't like soft, mushy foods. Some kids don't like hard, crunchy foods. Uh, some kids, you know, they, they have, they create certain rules. Like one of my kids at one point wouldn't eat anything green for the longest time. Oh, like no. Green food was not good. <laughs> so you, you have to figure out what it is and then figure out how to address that. And I do encourage making lateral shifts if you're transitioning them away from a food that has artificial colors and, you know, capital letters and other things and then slowly make 
a change. Okay. But in terms of healthy snacks, one of my absolute favorites is to, if they're old enough, get the kids involved in making their own snacks. Okay. Studies have shown that kids that learn kitchen skills are actually more engaged eaters and they're more willing to eat things they've made themselves. It's kind of like this, I did it myself, you know, yes. kind of thing. Now, obviously, if they're teenagers, they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it myself, whatever. But if they're little, <laughs> they get really into it. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that I, I love to do is to make these, I call them veggie jars. Okay. You take a wide mouth pint canning jar and you can put a little bit of salad dressing in the bottom. Like, a you know, if, if you have a nice, healthy um, creamy dressing or some guacamole or some hummus or something like that, just a couple of tablespoons in the bottom, and then cut up all the veggies into matchsticks and stuff them into the jar. And if you're going to do guacamole, I would add a little bit of lemon juice because otherwise the guacamole turns brown. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that way the, the veggie sticks are in the dressing. The first one or two coming out are a little bit challenging because they're all stuffed in there. But once those come out, then they've got a dip and a and a veggie stick at the same time, which is great. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> and then the um, another thing that I love for kids is to do a trail mix. Okay. And I have my three, I call it my three, two, one trail mix. So it's three parts nuts and raw, raw unsalted nuts are preferred two parts seeds, like pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, that sort of thing, and then one part dried fruit. So if you're using something bigger, like um, a dried apricot or dried peaches or whatever, I do suggest chopping them up. Mm -hmm. But generally, I encourage families, get a, get a bowl, and then the kids take scoops from what they want. So you set out the bowls of like, here's walnuts, here's pecans, here's almonds, here's cashews, here's whatever. And the kids get to make their own trail mix. And then you have a quart sized jar and you make a cute little label that says, you know, Kaylee's trail mix or whatever, but it's what they made for themselves. Mm -hmm. And usually a quarter cup of trail mix is considered to be a serving. So a, a quart jar is quite a number of servings for them. So that's kind of a fun way to get them to do it because then they can get adventurous and see what they like. Yeah, I like that one. I haven't done trail mix in a long time. So yeah, I think I might try that. I like it. Well, And the thing that I love about it is, uh, you know, it's, it's one part dried fruit. So it's mm -hmm. a little bit of sweet, but it's not too overwhelming and it's not chocolate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's great. I like it. I like it. Now, Mary, you have shared with us a lot of really great things that I know the moms are going to find useful. So I will try to put together some form of a checklist or something to help the moms because this was a lot of really good information. And I don't want anyone to miss out on it. But before we go, I just wanted you to um, share with us if you had anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover just share with us that and then any other words of encouragement or inspiration for the moms whether it be with food or mom life that can help us out on our day-to-day -day basis yeah absolutely well so one of the things that i want to share is is people can always connect with me at the ingredient guru.com i mean that's fairly straightforward i do have a free facebook group 
and it's called the Ingredient Guru Support Group. And that's where people can come in. And so I, I'm in that group every day, you know, so I'm answering questions or posting things. And so it's a great way for people to get a little bit more support about what's going on around food or health habits or that sort of thing. And then the really big thing that I have going on that I'm very excited about is I have launched my own subscription box. It's called the Lean Green Box. Yeah. Okay. And so what happens is every month you get a box of goodies from me and they have to pass my personal picky standards test. Mm -hmm. And so the ingredients are good. These are products that I love that I personally curate this box. And so, for example, you know, one month we had a hydration box where we, we had some great sipping uh, items in there and a honey facial because we need to hydrate. <laughs> yes. And some wine wands to remove histamines and sulfites from wine. So I always share great things. And, uh, the, you know, it's, so it's a great box. I'll send you the link to the box. Oh, yes, definitely. So that you can share that. I I, um, I also wanted to say that for people who are making these changes, I really just want to reiterate one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You're already doing such a great job raising a family, uh, taking care of others in your life that you love, and that sometimes takes up a lot of time and effort. And so we need to remember to not beat ourselves up and think that everything has to be perfect. We make one change at a time. Once we've mastered that, we move on to the next one. So those are those are the really big things that I want people to remember. Yes, definitely. Now, are you on social media at all? Where we can I find you other than the I know you mentioned the Facebook group. I am. So I'm on Instagram as the ingredient guru. And uh, I I share a wide range of stuff over there. Nice, nice. So I will make sure to include all of these links in the show notes so that moms, you can get all of these resources that Mira shared with us. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. And so I also had one more thing that I wanted to share. I have a a little gift that I'd like to offer your, your listeners. Yes. So I have a really great ebook. It's called Is Plastic Making You Fat and Anxious? Ooh. Yes. And I like that so, one. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking about food and what's in our food and everything else, but we haven't really talked about what's on our food, what touches our food. And unfortunately, there's a lot of plastic. It's a hormone disruptor. It's not great for us. And so um, I will send you a link to... Uh, uh, with a coupon code so that they can get the ebook for free. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. This is Absolutely. really, really good. So yes, ladies, if you are listening, I will have all of these links for you in the show notes. So make sure you check that out there. So Mira, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Tori Ann. It has been great to be here and I've loved chatting with you. Now that does it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast. To find the links and the show notes, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 53. There you'll find all of the links that were mentioned as well as a link to a special gift that Mira has for you. It's her book. It's called, Are Plastics Making You Fat and Anxious? This is a special treat, so make sure you head over to realhappymom.com slash 53 to get yours today. Now that does it for this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.